I'm Hannah Ramy, developer at Moodle.com, which I hope a few of you have heard of. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some user interfaces that I've been building with the, just off the back of the Google Analytics API. Um, and also about uh, data and how it can be really useful to developers um, and really improve the stuff you do. So, um, first of all, how many people here, put your hands up, if you've used Google Analytics, just so I've got a rough idea. Right, keep your hands up if you use it a lot. And then keep your hands up if you like it. Yeah, I thought that might happen. So I'm hoping that some of the stuff that I'll show you today might show you a way that you can start to enjoy using it, maybe a little bit, possibly not. Um, so before I start explaining to you what I've built and why, I thought I'd tell you, um, I hope this will work. Yes, there we go. The story of why I fell in love with Google Analytics, and there's the obligatory cat per photo. Um, so, I took my first job straight out of uni working at a really small creative agency um, in a two-man development team. And how it used to work was a client would come to us with problem X and we'd pitch them a solution, maybe something like building a new feature or redesigning their site or rebuilding their site. The client would agree that yes, they liked our solution, they'd pay us and we'd build it. And my job as a developer was to get involved in all aspects of development so, and I would spend all of my days making sure that I did all of the things as right as possible. So all of my HTML was semantic, it all validated, my uh, CSS was all uh, free of IE ha uh, hacks for IE, um, my JavaScript was unobtrusive and we used lots of open source software. So as far as I was concerned, I was doing everything that I knew that was right. But the problem was, when we got to the end of a project, I realised that I had no idea whether or not I'd solved the client's original problem X. We had no data, we had no way of feeding back. We just, we just didn't know. It was just whether or not the client was happy or not. And that kind of frustrated me, because I'm inquisitive and I like to know whether I'm, I really am doing the right things and whether I'm um, really affecting the outcomes um, of the websites I build. So the one tool that um, all of the clients seem to have that might let me pick at this sort of information was Google Analytics. Everyone seems to install it and forget about it. So I started picking around in there and looking for a way to quantify my clients' problems. So for example, a common problem would be our users or our visitors are just not finding the information that's important. So I could use, look at um, visit data, the page visits, and I could um, uh, look at the user's journeys through the site. And I could quantify that, yes, the, what the client was saying was right. Visitors just weren't finding a page. And then when, when we delivered their newly designed, newly restructured navigation, I could show them the same data again and show them that, look, we've solved the problem. So that's why I fell in love with Google Analytics. I liked being able to do um, um, development where I really knew that I was solving clients' problems. So, Google Analytics. Um, their user interface has recently been overhauled as some of you might have seen. But still, it's restrictive, it's clunky. It's great for my little blog that has hardly any visitors whatsoever, but if you use it on a site like Moo.com, which has tens of thousands of God knows what uh, visitors and enormous amounts of data in it, it gets really, really slow. Every click takes seconds to process. And so it means that the people who are using Google Analytics start to, to get bored of it, um, and they can't find the data they're looking for. And another number, like, big problem with Google Analytics is there's so much data in there. There's just so much information. People get bogged down, and people start to worry about why this number over here isn't matching up with this number over here, rather than looking for the trends, for the insights that they can capture. So 
That's what drove me to start looking at the API to hack little tools which would show important people the important data. So, back to the slides. The Google Analytics API. I've got a little code sample here. I'm not going to talk much about code for this talk, but I just wanted to show you very quickly how easy it is to just go in and write a little bit of code to get connected and to get some data out of the API. So this is actually a really old version of the Google Analytics API. And the reason why I've got that there is because the most recent Java client, or JavaScript client, is actually broken at the moment, returns 404s all the time. So I've had to fall back and show you an older version. So you'll see, I mean, you use a Google loader to load um, the API or the client for the API. Uh, login, um, it's just a call to accounts. You tell it which scope you want access to. Then we get a service for analytics, we give it a name. Um, and then we just do a get data feed on the service. And I think uh, in the most modern one, it's just get rather than get data service. And the arguments that we pass in are a string, a query string, uh, a success callback, and an error callback. And that's all you need to do to start getting data out. So the really interesting part of this is the query string. And the best way to show you how that works um, is, to start, is to show you the tool that they provide their dev the developers, which I have got open here already. So if you've played with Facebook Open Graph at all, you might have seen the Open Graph Explorer, and this is the same thing for Google Analytics. So you'll see there's this big query string at the top of the, uh, at the top here, and that this is built using the tools below. And just to relate this back to Google Analytics quickly, if I nip into one of the most simple and useful pages in here, we've got landing pages. If I scroll down, we've got the top 10 landing pages and some data about it. So you have landing pages is your rows in the table, so that's your dimension, your category of data that you're looking at. And then across the top, you've got all the different types of information you've got about that, so your metrics, your visits, and your uh, pages per visit, and all that kind of stuff. So back in here, what I've got is, you can see I've already um, set it up to have a landing page path, which is the landing page, my dimension. And then the metrics are the same ones as were across the top of the table. And so if I quickly authenticate, it's probably going to get rid of my settings. So now, drop down to my blog. And then when I run get data, I need to make sure that I use the same date range just to prove that it does pull the same data out. How do I get back up the top? I can't scroll back up that way. I don't use a Mac, this isn't mine. <laughs> so, in here, I want to go from the 20th to the 20th. So just quickly. Also, all these demos are live and so prone to going wrong. So if I do get data, I get the same table, same data. But the only difference being that in the UI, the data is all formatted for you nicely, so you get seconds as uh, turned into to minutes and seconds and in here it's just the raw data so um let's go back to my slides so the api works by letting you build these queries and then sending them to google analytics and then it returns to you a table of data as you can see below and that's all the google analytics api does you can send a query and you can get data back in tabular form that's really it. Um, and you can basically construct any query that the user interface does 
And you can also construct a whole load of other queries the user interface doesn't give you. Um, and you can do things like combining them in different ways by using the API. So, let's go here. So here's one I made earlier part of this talk. So what's really interesting is having just seen Prem's talk, you know, his was really about uh, having that wonderful situation of a project where you get to pick apart a problem until you've found the most perfect and wonderful solution. Whereas this is all about really hacking something together as quick as you can to solve a problem. And one of the problems that I have, as I said to you, is um, people who just can't find the data that they're looking for in Google Analytics. And we wanted to be able to show it to them really quickly. So this is um, just a really quick interface that I built into the API, which allows you to similarly pick your um, Pick the, the web property that you want to use, so your account, um, and the start date and the end date. Um, and then you can paste into here one of the queries from the Query Explorer and it will run it and return you the table of data. The additional feature I've got here is that I can store queries. So I can pull out the one that I ran for the top 10 landing pages. Again, I can set the date range to be the same, so I get the same data. Very quickly run that. Hopefully it will run. It's run. Yes. So, um, the really cool thing, or what I think is really cool, is uh, a plugin called Data Tables for jQuery, which lets you take a normally marked up HTML table with your head and your footer and everything like that, and make it interactive in the way you'd expect. So, here's my table of data. I haven't formatted all of it, but I can, all, I can sort it, and I can search it. And this is a tool that I can use all the time just to send people bits of data that's relevant to them. So, but still, tabular data is a bit boring. So, um, let's move on to something slightly more interesting. I wanted to build uh, a demo for today, sort of hack something together as quickly as I possibly can, that was hopefully a little bit relevant and also just showed you how you can get different kinds of data out of the uh, API than you can get from the user interface and how you can manipulate it to make it much more useful for you. So I thought I'd focus on the question, can we drop IE7 yet? And when I say we, I mean Moo.com, I mean the company I work for. I want to find out if I can stop having to deal with Internet Explorer 7 in my job. Thankfully, I got rid of Internet Explorer six ages ago. And, and you know, we might even be dropping eight soon. You never know. Um, <laughs> you can hope. So, um, just to quickly drop into Google Analytics again and show you what you can get out of Google Analytics. You should have all seen this, if you've used it, which is the chart that it draws you for visits for each browser. And this is great. Um, I've already had a click a few times, and it's only showing me the top-level browsers. So then if I want to see different versions, I have to click in and go to secondary dimension and choose technology and browser version. And then now I've got some slightly more interesting data, but still, it's not great. Because for a company like Moo, or any other company, the interesting question not, is not just how many visitors do you have for the browser, but how much value do you derive from those customers? And in order to get to, to value data, you need to start fiddling around with the tools up here. So if you've got your e-commerce set up, and if you've got goals set up. So um, I'll flip on to my little chart, which is not displaying properly. Right. Can I zoom out a bit? So, this script 
goes into the Google Analytics API. It authenticates me like anything has to do. And then it's doing a query, which fetches me browser and browser version is my dimensions, and visitors, and a measure of value for my metric. Now, the most sensible, perhaps, um, value measurement would be revenue. But in the interest of not showing too much sensitive data, um, I'm using uh, the number of goal completions. So we've got set up things like uh, subscriptions to newsletters, actual conversions, um, all those kind of things. And then I'm comparing those to the number of visitors, so along the bottom. So to go back to what the script does, sorry, um, it goes off, it sends, in, sends that query off to Google Analytics. It comes back and then I'm processing that data and I'm using JavaScript and I'm using the underscore library to do lots of map and reduce on the data um, to make it easy to play with and to turn it into series. And then I'm feeding it into a really cheaty tool of JQ plot, which draws things on canvas. So it's a bit cheatier than using something like Raphael or D3 because it's just, you just set some options up and it draws you something like this really quickly. So rather than me spending hours and hours and hours trying to hack something in Raphael or D3, I've got it straight away. Um, so along the bottom, I've got the value. And I've distilled it down into percentages. I've gotten rid of all the actual numbers because they're not important, they're not useful. Um, it's just a percentage of the overall visitors and a percentage of the overall value. And you may have noticed that I've lost my subversions, but if I click on one of these, I can expand it. And then I can start to compare. So I can see that Firefox is 20% of visitors, 25% of value. IE7 is responsible for just, just over 1% of our visitors and just under 1% of our value, if you see that there. And the reason why I've used both visits and values and comparing them is just because it was suggested to me that perhaps we hadn't done enough work to support IE7, and that's why there was no value. Perhaps if we worked a bit harder, then uh, there'd be more value, because there were loads of visitors who just couldn't convert. And I think this proves that that person was wrong. So, um, Do you doctor these? No, I can guarantee you that this is pulled data straight from the Google Analytics Mirror account. Um, it's an arbitrary data range, date range, but nonetheless, this is the real live data, and um, last week when I showed it to my CTO to ask him if I was allowed to show it here, he took one look at it and said uh, that I could make the decision whether or not we were dropping i7. So my work's all paid off because we're dropping i7. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so that's this, and um, just to show you really quickly, uh, yeah, that's this. Uh, just to drop back into the slides. Um, I'll show you just really quickly um, JQplot. So JQplot is, like I said, it's a jQuery plugin, so it takes an ID, it takes my series data, which I've already distilled using underscore, and then literally just set up the options for how I want it to display. So I use a bar renderer, or I could have used a pie renderer, and then I could use the pretty blue and yellow colours instead of two blues, and uh, I made it awesome. What was, it? what was the pie chart described as earlier? I can't remember. Anyway, um, there's all kinds of li just little options, like what my series labels are called, um, whether I want to highlight when I, when I mouse over, that kind of thing, and it's done. Um, just for fun, I tried to see how quickly I could get the same thing done in D3, and I failed. <laughs> so I got as far as drawing one series of bars, and then my, you know, the idea of having to then figure out where to draw the ones above it um, kind of scared me a little bit. Not the greatest mathematician, and although I know, know that Prem was saying that Raphael's easy, it's not really. <laughs> Come on. Um, 
So I did have a go, and then I, there was actually um, an example on the D3. You showed it, the examples page. There's one of a stacked bar chart. So I just sort of ripped that. Um, and then let me open it. This, might, this is going to show you now how long this actually takes to fetch the data, which is quite sad. I had preloaded it. It's going to load for a while. So yeah, I just ripped that, the, that demo and, and had a go at how that would work. So while that's loading, let me just show you quickly <laughs> some of the code um, for D3. So this is just like the, the first couple of bits. So I've got, I'm getting my charts, um, setting up the width and the height. Then I need layers, one for each series. Um, and then we've got to draw the bars. And then um, I haven't even got as far as labels or a grid or anything like that. Now let's hope the other one's loaded now. Yeah, it has. So I've got a stack bar chart. It doesn't do the, the nice openly closey thing. But what it does do, which I quite enjoy, is this. <laughs> <laughs> but I did steal it. I can't take any credit. But I, I am hoping to make my other openly closey thing work in the same way. One day I'll manage to hack that. Um, so yeah, let's move on. That's about all I've got to say for today. I was just trying to really get across two main things, and that's data is actually really cool, and I know that lots of people don't agree with me on that. Um, I hope that everybody will one day find the data Jesus like I have, but it can be really helpful for you. Like I said, I managed to get my company to drop IE7, which is quite exciting. Um, and also, um, the, the tool set that we've got available to us, things like data tables for jQuery, jqplot, and those, um, oh god, my voice is going. Um, <clears throat> the super cool libraries like D3, my voice is really gone. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not actually very well. Um, <clears throat> I've got to the end, nearly. So those tools, are, they're really awesome, and what you can hack together in a lunch break and an evening, it's really quite exciting, um, and I hope you'll all give it a go. So that's the end. We don't use IE7. So <laughs> um, we've got a lot of jobs that are open at the moment. We're looking for front-end de strong developers and uh, development managers, all kinds of jobs. So um, have a little look. Any questions? Go on. What happened to the staff you hired to support IE7? <laughs> um, we don't have any. <laughs> that was no. That was the that was the painful thing about it. You know, at Moo actually, it's worth saying, all developers do everything. So we're all front end and back end developers, and we have like our strengths, so our skills, and we try to give people the work their skill. But actually, everyone just jumps in and does everything. And if you know anything about the Moo site, we've actually got a very large Flash component as well, which because we have font licensing problems. Um, so, always oh, going again. There wasn't anybody hired to just. Support IE7, there's no like front end people that just sit there doing HTML and CSS or anything like that. Any other questions? I can't promise I can answer. <laughs> no, okay, that's good because my voice. <laughs> uh, thank you, Hannah. Um, that's it for this evening. Um, so we're going to head to the pub. Now, uh, we'll probably be down in a couple of minutes once we've tidied the room up. Um, 
Thanks for coming, and we'll see you next month, I hope. Woo! Woo! Woo!